welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. So we're in the off season, right? Kind of. Kind of. Still a lot of shit going on. But it is off season. Yes. Cool. Excellent. Good. Jared and I are talking footy for the first time since pretty much our grand final show and a hell of a lot has happened in eight days. Um, We're in off season mode, but we will be still bringing podcasts to you uh, once a week. Most likely, while well, we're recording Monday nights, they will be dropping Tuesday mornings. We had a bit of a hiccup this week. Um, a little baby hiccup. No babies born, just, just saying. But <laughs> one of the yeah, complications of pregnancy. Yeah, uh, that's one of the fun things. Ended Jared, up in hospital yeah. again, but we're all good to go. Jared's feeling a bit under the weather, but he'll pull through. Yeah, that's um, right. I am developing my gut pretty well. Oh, yeah. He's getting dad bod ready. Like, yeah. ready, ready. Yeah, we are been doing sitting... that for the last three years. <laughs> He's been ready. <laughs> um, we are sitting here in our very comfortable, brand new, black long sleeve, six again shirts. Um, thank you, Next Level Workwear, for hooking us up again with these. Uh, Haley and awesome. her mum, they are so, so comfy. And we picked these up in the same order as we picked up our T-shirts uh for our comp winners so i know it's taken longer than we promised i'm sorry about that they will be out to you welcome into yeah, it rachel Irk, urquhart the yes. Irk who came third yes he will be getting one a prize i, I didn't get a shirt no smaller prize pack <laughs> yeah, yeah but yes um welcome into new listeners and uh, welcome back for old listeners there's a bunch of stories to get through a lot of them aren't confirmed yet so we're going to touch on them and we'll come back to some of them in a future episode when things get confirmed Uh, on tonight's show we're going to be looking at the super league grand final the intrust super cup grand final Um, we're also going to be giving our grades to the teams that finish uh, fifth sixth seventh and eighth in the nrl this year and we're also going to be looking at perhaps a rough squad for the expansion team, which we're still waiting to hear, but is very, very strongly rumoured that's going to be Redcliffe and that it will um, drop any moment. But it looks as though that they have secured the 17 NRL licence. And what I find hilarious, I think it was the Jets today finally locked up a billion-dollar sponsor, kind of at last minute when there's been months and months of time for it to happen. And... Not sure if it's going to be enough to get them across the line, but hey, we know money talks. Um, we're going to touch on the Penrith stuff and give our thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, Paul Ken actually wrote an article that half it kind of makes sense. And a hell of a lot of retirements and signings. So a fair bit to get through. And yeah, we'll, just, we'll pretty much see where this takes us. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, this could get a bit off topic a few times. It will not. I'll keep us. I'll keep us on track. So, ah. Super League Grand Final. Uh, we had St Helens going for three in a row against uh, Catalan's French side, looking for their first Super League Grand Final victory. Um, Catalan's got there, led by James Maloney. Unfortunately, 
and sorry, I should have said spoiler alert. Um, Catlans went down 12 to 10 in a very hard fought match. Um, if you got to watch it or if you've watched the replay, you would have seen the atmosphere in the stadium was absolutely incredible. Both teams walked out to fireworks going off on either side of them with their coaches in front. So the coaches led them out onto the field. Uh, it a like EPL. Side. Yeah, very much like the Premier League, though, with their coaches at the front um, rather than the back. So that was awesome. Uh, Rob Burrow was there on hand to hand over the Man of the Match Award, which went to ex-NRL player Kevin Nagama, who has found a home in the Super League for St. Helens and scored the only try of the first half. And St. Helens led 6-4 at halftime uh, through two Maloney penalty goals to get Catalan on the board. But they couldn't, they just couldn't quite get back into the game. Um, Lachlan Coote was fullback for St. Helens. He's now going to hold KR uh, next season. Um, Nagama also scored again in the 65th minute and Coote converted that one. James Maloney, we know he's retiring from first class or first grade football. He will be playing in the lower leagues in France because he does love it over there. I think he said something through the week. He still loves game day. He still loves getting out there competing, but the grind, the mental grind of getting up for the games, training the whole season, he's just basically said he's over it and doesn't want to do it anymore. So at least he was honest. Yes, straight up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sione Matautia may have punched Maloney in the opening exchanges. Uh, incident Good. went unpunished, but you always want to be the controversy in the grand final. So congratulations to St. Helens. They're much Unless the you're Dan Flower. True. True, true. And well done to the Gama for man of the match. And his interview post-match, it was absolutely brilliant. And he still got ambitions of coming back to the NRL. We'll take him. And that's saying something. Um, that's cool. Unfortunately, like commiseration of the uh, Catalans, but they do have a very solid side and they will be there next year and will actually be joined by another French side for the first time ever because Toulouse won the championship grand final and Super League and the championship have a relegation uh, promotion system similar to the Premier League and they beat Featherstone 34-12 so they will be in the Super League next year so you have Catalan and Toulouse. And it's quite funny seeing some tweets today from Super League fans whinging about the amount of French fans that will be at the games. Um, they should just be happy that they get fans because oh, they've got like... Hell, Adam. Adam. So they're like They're very much like Sydney where they try to spread rugby league throughout England. doesn't help that like nine of their teams are in England uh, or in London. Uh, probably not great for expansion and for crowd numbers, especially when you've got five Premier League clubs in London. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. So they beat first on 34-12. Uh, Remy Casti was playing in that game and did retire after that. So there's a name for those who have followed rugby league for a bit. Roosters, so, yeah. wasn't he? Uh, Remy Casti, I'm looking at his face here. I'd have to go back. He's one of those players that I, I feel as though would have played for like six or seven clubs. And then you look it up, he's played he for never, he, 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 I think he signed for the Roosters, but he, went, he jumped around the ESL for a while. Let's have a look. Remy Cassie. Uh, uh, old, old school to the Intra Super Cup final. Yeah, so th- this was another awesome game. Um, Norths end up winning this one with Michael Molo getting man in the match. First time in a while I've seen a front row get a man in the match in a grand final. So that's epic. Got to respect that. I'm um, pretty sure, was it final score 34 12 or something like that? 
No, the uh, intra super cup was sixteen ten. Sixteen ten. Okay, it was it was good footy to watch. Um, Selwyn Cobbo. Um, there's an article coming out today. Actually, catapulted himself for a starting Bronco spot um, by the end of the uh, for next year, just because of the quality game he produced. And Bronco's bringing up his stats here. Yeah, Remy Cassie, Catalan Roosters, Catalan Tulu. Oh yeah, smart ass. I knew he played for Roosters. I saw one close stats in this game. Um, so, when it loads up, one try, 18 tackle breaks, two line breaks, two tackles, 20 runs with 274 metres, 15 dummy or half runs, and seven kick returns for 115 metres. Hey, 18 so tackle breaks? 18 tackle breaks. Holy so, But the thing about it is, like, he, he was one of those players that, from Kevin Walters' perspective, he should have just played every game for the Broncos because he had he he, he is that kind of really tall, rangy bloke who just unnaturally strong quick. And he should have been just thrown in there despite the fact they're losing, put him on an NRL field. Yeah. Um Walters kept jumping him in and out and yada yada yada. He's 19. He's definitely ready for the NRL. Um, I don't understand why there's even a question for him to play this level, uh, play NRL, yeah. but another reason I don't really, I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Wilders as a coach with these things so undecided. And a lot of other, other NRL coaches in his circumstances just would have went, yeah, have a run, mate. Here's the wings for the rest of the year. Yep. So. But, I move on. So that was a Q Cup game. I didn't actually get to watch it, but watch the highlights from a pretty high quality game. And um, I'm, I know it's nothing to a grand final, but I'm still disappointed. Luke Page retired for Burley the week before in the prelim. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the Q Cup. Very solid for the last 10, 15 years. Yes. But there's another season at Q Cup done. Yeah, it's an awesome final series overall. Um, I think the games, on a whole, as a whole, uh, were on par with the NRL with regards to entertainment. And but the entertainment was the fact that the games were very tightly fought, all of them. Um, and you really got to see. Maybe it was because there was a higher influx of NRL talent than you'd usually see, but. It also allowed players like Sel and Cobbo and the cream of the crop to really rise to the top. Congratulations, North Devils. Um, a grand final that played at Redcliffe Stadium kind of gives a, um, a bit more of an idea of what that stadium is going to look like when the atmosphere is full on electric, music was pumping, and players are literally running off the back fence as you can do at that stadium. So maybe... Um, a little sneaky peek of what's coming in two years with regards to expansion. Uh, but that obviously hasn't been confirmed. So that's um, the end of pre uh, the season and grand finals and all that sort of stuff. So now we get into the murky, awesome world of off-season footy where rumours are going to fly around until someone takes a video or a photo on a phone, which is going to be great to talk about. So... <laughs> I'm going to go to things that has already happened before we look ahead. 
So obviously, since Penrith have won the grand final, uh, let's just say the media attention and the stories about them haven't exactly been positive outside of Brian Tuo's proposal. I can't think of any or see any or find any. Um, the Tyrone May fallout has continued and to the point where uh, even Jared's talked to his younger brother, a staunch Penrith supporter. He wants him the hell out of his club. Um, there's still been support for him, also from his teammates, and that's kind of blowing up as well. Um, not so much support of him as a person per se, but obviously the posts that he put up of him leaving court. Um, and it, it kind of insinuates that his grand final performance and grand final victory um, makes his past discretions null and void, uh, which kind of isn't how the world works, Tyrone. So get off your high horse. Um, this game can exist without you, believe it or not, um, especially after your almost non-existent grand final performance. Um, however, I want to give credit to a few people on social media that have tied that story in with the other one with regards to Penrith and the code-hopping fans they jumped across the Queensland border to come and watch the grand final. Have you seen this story, Jared? Not really. Um, Excellent. Mainly because I think they're linked on Facebook to a few Pembroke players, so it must have been the Pembroke players' fault or something like that. Well, supposedly it's uh, some of... I'm having a blank here. Nathan Cleary's mates. So, look... It doesn't help it, things. It might be, but it doesn't really it, – it, it's his mates. I'm not overly worried about it. It's their responsibility. Unless he paid the petrol for them to jump the border yes. or forge the bloody thing or done all that. It, it, like, I can't ring up you and go, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. If you're jumping the border, I, I can't – it's not my responsibility unless he's – done something that directly implicates him in the whole thing. Yeah. You can't control what all your mates are doing. No. They make a decision based on their own back. Like, there's nothing you can do. No, um, 100% agree with that. Uh, the only reason I brought it up was the tweets that have then come from it. So those guys got hit with $12,000 worth of fines. Uh, and... Somehow, obviously, crossed the border illegally in Rara and had photos taken with the Penrith players after in the celebrations. But so, yeah, despite how, that, I can't ring you up and tell you what you can, can, can and can't no, do. But I can call you a fucking. I can call you a fucking idiot for doing for it. doing it. So that that that's the difference. And so these are my two favorite tweets that I found. This one's from KP Forever. Uh, the biggest. The biggest scandal for Penrith is how Tyrone May escaped charges for pitch invading when he ran onto the field during the grand final and nobody did anything for 13 entire minutes. When is the NRL Integrity Unit going to investigate that? I was like, all right, that's pretty good, like that one. But I think it's my favourite where they've said um, th three members of the public have been charged for breaching border closure things and, rah, 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 um, and attending the grand final. And this guy, Ace MC, says one of the offenders believed to be a name named, sorry, one of the offenders believed to be named Tyrone May was even seen running onto the field at one point. I was like, yeah, I like that one. Very succinct because um, we're confused about his decision. He's not really in a real quality in any team and he's a complete fucking idiot at the same time. So 
Um, yeah, I've never really rated him. But unfortunately, he's an NRL grand final winner at this point. Yeah. Um, Good on him. See, about about these celebrations. And supposedly that, that um, if you've done any sex offences in the past and you've been proven guilty for doing that and filming having sex with somebody without their consent, as long as you're in a grand final, you're now free and you're a better person. I look. I, I have a few things that Penrith are currently celebrating the grand final. As Adam said, to what Tyro May was way out of line for what he did. Um, if and the fact he took it down, someone's either talked to him. He's got common sense. I'm assuming someone talked to him. They would have to speak very slowly. There's a few things that are blown up in the media. I don't agree with the things I do agree. So these guys are celebrating. Um, I'm pretty sure last week there was a picture running around um, of Nathan Cleary standing next to the Premiership trophy, and his phone was on the rail next to it, and it had a few bubbles on it. And it looked awfully suspicious, but then another photo was definitely phone case bubbles. Yeah. But as soon as you saw everyone saw that, oh, on, on Coke. Um, bloody hell. And then there's a video of Viliami Kickhouse singing Glory, Glory to South Sydney in a very mocking tone. Um, videos going around of wearing sunnies. They wore their jerseys and pants for like three days. It would have been smelled filthy. Oh, that's um, they're, they're, they're drinking, they're celebrating. You know what? I have no issue with any of that. They're having fun. The Viliami kick-out thing, you know, they're, they're doing what they want. more about you as a person rather than the club or the yeah, team. Yeah, like they, they, they're celebrating. I, I remember I lost the grand final and I, buddy, in two, for Palmwoods and I had done a naked worm at the Palmwoods pub across the tables. Unfortunately, I you remember know. that. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't flash. Um so shit happens. Um, there, there's, what what we're saying is there's a difference between shit happens and... Boy, yeah, what, I, what, what I don't agree, and it goes back to that Paul Kent article. Paul Kent came out and said that those are yesteryears that you've built this prestige on that is the NRL, would never have done this kind of stuff. Imagine fucking security cameras in the 80s watching those 80s <laughs> and 90s like running around. Holy shit. That would have just been loose as fuck. It would have been loose, yes. Um, but the biggest thing I don't agree with is um, the trophy issue and the reaction to the issue. So anyone hasn't seen it, no one actually knows. Oh, sorry, I haven't seen how, but the Nor- uh, Norm Proven and Arthur Summers statue part of the grand final, the main part of it, that represents the unity that is rugby league of the two opposing captains hugging each other. Great image. Mate, it's, it, it's written down in folklore in the NRL. Modelized that, on the trophy. Yeah, that has come down, come off, detached from the main part of the trophy. And then what's happened after that is the Pembroke players putting it in prams, putting it in like a, a baby carrier on your chest, whatever that's called. And doing goo goo gaga and doing all that, I don't agree with that shit. And what I and also what I don't agree with is the Penrith response to it and saying it's been broken before, mainly referring to 1994 Laurie Daly dropping it off the back of the U. Laurie Daly felt horrible about that, 
And he doesn't even like it shown on when he's on shows and shit like that, just because he felt that bad about it. For me, that was an accident. Yeah, for for me, he he accidentally did that. And he he showed remorse, as Adam said. On the other hand, if this trophy was broken accidentally, but yeah, right, someone dropped it. That thing's fucking heavy. It weighs like 40, 50 kilos. It's fucked. Um, But the reaction to it of putting in baby seats, that's what I don't agree with. That's the disrespectful part for me. And then Pemruth responding by going, oh, it's been broken before. Like, you know, take responsibility for your boys and go, we're, we're sorry, we'll fix it and take this shit down and then get them to apologize. Like I said, Adam, like, like Adam said, that thing's being immortalized as the, the true reflection of what a rugby league player should be done. You battle, and as soon as that siren goes off, you, hug, well, you shake it off, these guys hugged it out, covered in mud, but it, oh. it was such a... And, Two opposing captains, one eight foot tall, one four foot tall, playing in the same arena, and they're both legends of the game. It was just, it was just so perfectly ta- picture taken, and the fact that they disrespected by putting in prams is just, I don't like it. I, I, I really, and that's the only part I really don't like is the fact that they did that. All the rest is celebrating. Go for it. I don't, I couldn't care yeah. less unless you're doing something illegal. Yeah, accidents happen. Trophy will get broken sometime over the years. It's how you act afterwards. And I agree that the the actions afterwards weren't conducive of a of respect. And um the thing is you remember you battle all year to win a trophy, but this game and the trophy and its meaning is gonna be here hell of a long time after the players that we're watching now have played. Um if you're not a Penrith supporter. You'll be hard pressed to remember who won the 2021 grand final in 20 years. Just if you're not a Rooster supporter, you're going to be hard pressed to remember the years they won the premiership or the Broncos and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Beatles never going to forget. No, but he's a Penrith supporter. You'd expect him not yeah. to. But the actions afterwards, um, sometimes, unfortunately, are the things that people remember. Like the, um, an example is um, Matty John's interview is better than Lego. And a lot of people can't even remember what that's even about, but they remember that. And I'm hoping, and I'm hoping for Penrith fans and the players that mean well, the premiership's what's remembered and not this crap afterwards. All right. Um, oh, do you know also, oh, sorry, sorry, just one last thing. You know also hasn't impressed me is the... Can I explain? Oh, <laughs> Gray, uh, Greg Alexander came out and went, these guys aren't doing the right thing. And then in that quote, he also said, I'm not agreeing with some of the social media things I've seen. Then he goes, turns and goes, oh, I haven't actually seen the social media. I was just going on what people have told me. Why the fuck would you talk then? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a stupid response. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh my God, this Back off, but yeah, let, leave them alone. But we show a bit more respect on the trophy for me. All right, I know you're listening. Um, let's just throw this out there and move on real quick. Luke Brooks won West Tigers Player of the Year, which is hilarious. And um, it's not a high to... bar. Sorry, low bar. Well, it's not yeah, a high but... bar. No, Adam Dewey was definitely their best player. Dane Laurie, I'd have as my second best player. Um, 
So this is voted on by the coach, Michael Maguire, Adam Hardigan, and board member Dale, Danny Stapleton. And Luke Brooks uh, earned 12 whole Dally M points this year. Uh, Dewey got 20 in four less games. And while Brooks was responsible for more tackle break, uh, try assists, uh, Dewey got him in all other areas and was the player that pretty much everybody noticed. So it was a very interesting choice, even to the point where some of the players were quite shocked. And okay, so let's just go this off pure stats, okay? This is cool. Uh, Luke Brooks, 24 games played for a halfback, one try, yes. 16 try assists, 18 that's, points so that's good. in five season. 86% tackle efficiency, which isn't too bad, yeah. actually. Right. Sounds pretty good for Harvick. 14 runs, average runs for a 98 average metres. Mm-hmm. Um, and penalties, 15 penalties and 19 errors. Okay, Adam Dewey. Let's have a look at this. 20 games, 9 tries, 17 try assists. So he's 900% on tries, one less try assist. But th- th- just remember, this bloke got moved from... Fullback to 5'8", to centre, back to 5'8". 83% tackle efficiency, so it's a 1% behind. 174 points scored. 13 he average was a kicker. runs. For... Sorry? Here's the kicker. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, he still know. scored nine, nine more tries than him. Yeah. Um, what's that? Uh, 13, 13 average runs for 106 metres and six Penalties conceded, so and penalties out. So three times left penalties. Round the same for round the same for um, errors. Nine hundred percent more tries, I think. Same tackle success rate and one less try assist. That's not so okay. this goes in the same week where they signed Tyrone Peachy because he's the stable player that they're looking for. Um, we'll be able to help turn the club around, and they also unveiled their new logo, which. I kind of like, I, I, I kind of like the logo and, but I also agree with West Tigers fans going, there is that so much going on in our club right now that the logo is what's prioritised at the moment. Well, the no, well see, I, on, I, I, I have no issue with it as far as that, just because what goes on in the NRL, as long as, you know, Justin Pascoe and the Lyle, what's his like, Lyle, whatever the hell his name is, didn't spend the last four weeks shut up in the office designing this themselves. If they just went, guys, we need a lo- new logo, we're going to start fresh, we reinvent it, reinvent themselves and just send it to the marketing slash art department or whatever they've got. They've got to have something like that in their, in their back room. Um, if they just did that, you know, that's that's not too bad, like, in the long run. But yeah, they only said it took months of work and um, yeah, see, see, collaboration. As long as, like I said, and... as long as the guys making mistakes aren't shut up in their office and they're the ones designing this, that's, that's, my, that's my one caveat on this whole thing. Um, and saying that too, too, last time, you remember last time they changed their logo? When they were... 2003, when they won the grand final. Oh, there you go. So, so if you like those kind of stats, get on top of it. Um, oh, That was just... I was just picking up what West Tigers social media... Uh, fans were picking up. Uh, we're saying, sorry. 
I I kind of like it because you've got the Centre of Excellence opening for them uh, March 2022. Most of the justification around the new logo was with regards to it being easier to use and more compatible with online social uh, media marketing points of view because it's a much easier logo to work with now. And if you haven't seen it, they've gotten rid of the claws, basically, which a lot of non-West Tigers fans thought was quite uh, an accurate statement for their season. Um, oh, the fact fuck. That, which was hilarious dig. I really like that. They've kept That's the... A bit rough. They've kept the face the same or pretty much the same um, of the Tiger, but they scaled it back. So it's kind of less messy. So it's not as detailed the face and the wording isn't as slanted or pointed. It's much more uh, block letters. But what I really like, and I didn't notice it to start with, is the whole lower three quarters of the face is black and white, uh, which really showcases the west side of things. And the tongue is orange and then the upper face is orange. So because, and then it's on a black background. So it really shows off the black, uh, black and white from west. And I really like it. I think it's a, a really simple but striking looking logo it's a hell of a lot better than their old one which was in my opinion one of the worst in the league because uh, everything going on but when you have a center of excellence when you've had such a poor season when you it kind of feels like they're ready to turn over uh, and turn over a page they're trying to back that up also with new coaching signings so michael mcguire is by himself at the moment there's two coaching positions available Shane Flanagan has interviewed as one, for one, as has Nathan Kalis, who doesn't have his position anymore at the Roosters because Brett Morris is now taking that over. Um, another player, another person who's interviewed is also Ryan Carr, who's an ex-New South Wales Cup coach. So if you're looking at something like Tim Sheen's behind the scenes as a directing role, uh, Michael Maguire is head coach with something like Shane Flanagan and Jason Kalis um, in your supporting assistant coaching roles. It's not the, you could find a lot worse or you could have a lot worse base to build from. Um, I think out of all the decisions the, this week, obviously Luke Brooks one is the weirdest to me, but they may slowly be making steps in the right direction. You we'll sound see. quite wary about saying that. Look, yeah, well, it's the Tigers. You're like every two look, steps the, forward is six steps backwards. The biggest advantage I see if they sign, if they have Sheens, Maguire, Flanagan, and Kayla said, the biggest advantage I see there, that is the star-powered roster to recruit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying and, that, that Kayla and Flanagan got the jobs. They have... Um, it would be very silly not to. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, if they can pull... That kind of coaching stuff for. Sorry. Um, that's going to be a that's going to be a pretty heavy base. The Tim Sheens have got England covered completely. Young players like that. And, you know, Shane Flanagan, he's, despite what happened, he's very respected in the game. And Nathan Kalis, he's Nathan Kalis. Like, he, he's, he's got it all. He's got everything you need to bring that respect to yeah. the um, areas, the, the, to the club. From a player so point of view, I think that's their biggest advantage. And a coach point of view. 
Well, see, another thing about it, and me, Adam, and Wall were having a chat on this on the group chat about this. And the thing about it is that despite how positive that seems signing those blokes, they just signed Tyrone Peachy. And I'll bring up the quote. I know we're a jumped ahead of it, but this is a severe issue in the West Tigers forum. And what was the quote I sent you, Adam? Um, something about, something about the thing. <laughs> Tyrone's experience as an NRL player will be valuable to our team. We are disciplined and intentional with our recruitment of players to the club, and Tyrone's signing is another example of that. So the first thing they've got to change is getting that bloke out of making decisions for the rest of the club. Yes, definitely. Holy because shit. That, that quote... Stuff. Come on. I, I could not show anyone more of a, like a better representation of how fucked up the Tigers' decision-making is by making, like, you know, in deliberate and intentional, those kind of words. Tyrone Peachy, yes, he has a lot of experience in the NRL, but I think I said it after that. He doesn't even know what his best position is in the NRL. Like, he doesn't know what, if he's a 5'8", center, lock. Kind of sounds like Adam Dewey. Second row, yeah. Why would you bring that uncertainty? And then another part of this, and I actually like this, I know I'm jumping, really jumping ahead of myself. They just put James Roberts on a train, training trial deal. It's such a comparison. Like, they didn't, they signed Tyrone Peachy, who's so, who's an unknown quantity week to week, but they've actually given Tyrone uh, James Roberts some responsibility. So that's a good decision, the James Roberts oh, one, but the Tyrone Peachy man. one kind of, kind of does. Well, this is because... nothing against Tyrone Peachy. I, I really yeah. rate what he can bring to a side, like, not this well, side. I think, like, I think he could have gone man. to a, a team who's like, he's really good. He was really good at the Gold Coast, but I think he could have gone to a team who's like building something. I don't know. Like, I think he could have done really well at a place like, oh, Cronulla, um, probably Newcastle. Just put him roving around to create some, oh, I don't know, I'm saying no. Maybe, maybe even, um, yeah, look, a few teams pushing, pushing a bit further than, who is trying yeah. to just on that cusp, who have a really set, I don't know, set roster and what they're doing and there's no yeah. unknowns. There's him to come in and just, like, create that X factor. Whereas he's going to have to come in at the Tigers and just be told to create everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be him and Dewey running everywhere. And, and everyone else part is of this, where does he play? Yeah, I... I, I don't know, because they've got Alex Twa, they've got Stefano Utukamana and James Tamo. So that's your lock front row combination. Second row, you've got Ghana, you've got Luciano Leilua. Um, Do you reckon so Adam Dewey can play halfback? I don't know. Well, I'm Jackson Hastings at five, is coming. Oh, yeah. Hastings, Hastings, Hastings is coming. coming. And, like, do they put him in the 14 jersey? Which, to be honest, I, I, I prefer... Yeah, I prefer him at the 14 jersey. Like, I... I and then where do they put Luke Brooks? Because right now you'd think that Brooks, Dewey, and Jackson Hastings were rotating in that 6, 7, and 14. Yeah, I, I just don't know. <laughs> and that's the thing. We don't know. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to other signs stuff. But the last bit of news, it's current and future news. So we spoke, I don't know, months ago, I guess, about Channel 7's interest in rugby league. Start of the year. Yeah, so the, the NRL wants to make a deal by the end of this month with, with regards to its new free-to-air deal. So you've got most likely the Recliffe Dolphins coming in. So it's going to be uh, obviously 17 teams, which is going to be 
an extra 24 games um, over the whole season. The current collective bargaining agreement's due for renewal in 2023, the same year that the new team comes in. Now, Channel 7 is really interested and to a point where they've already reached out to Fox to talk about a partnership. And the partnership would allow them to broadcast State of Origin and a handful of matches per week, similar to what Channel 9 do now. While Fox Sports may also be able to play a number of club games through their free service, the KO Freebies, we don't have to pay for it. So Channel 7's got issues with cricket that have been publicised over the last couple of years as well. Um, and NRL and AFL are on monster deals at the moment. And you'd expect it to get higher, which would lift the salary cap higher as well. I really would not be opposed to free-to-air TV going in a new direction because God knows anyone could put on a better product than what we yeah, see so, week to week. So at the start of the year, and look, full credit if you remember this and you stuck with us that long, not many people do, but start of the year we, we really went into the channel nine's airing of everything and the commentators and uh, we just said we hope it gets better because channel nine's been doing it for such a long time and fox sports is yeah. breathing down their necks as far as the quality as far as the analysis all that kind of stuff for me the only reason i keep channel nine open i enjoy watching the grand final is raps it's the only only thing and he's Look, he's not even remembering half the players' names these days, unfortunately. He's just, <laughs> Where we got there? Uh, I, I love him. I, I and I grew up listening to him, but oh, mate. Um, so I, I think it's it's time Channel Nine lost it. There's nothing like like you look at you look at um how Fox Sports are doing. They have the series shows. They have the news shows. They have you know, plenty of content, but you, you've got every, a content for every kind of rugby league fan. You want to the fuck yeah. around Matty Johns, the serious news, James, uh, NRL 360, and you got the women in league, and then you've got this every... Channel 9 have the Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday game, then they have the Sunday footy show. Sunday footy show has Andrew Johns and Brad Fittler saying the stupidest shit you ever met that's, you know, occasionally funny. But it's not it's not built as a funny show. It's built as a serious, he run show. Um, yeah, they, something else needs to happen. There needs to be a shakeup of it. And I wouldn't hate it if Channel Seven because I think I was really skeptical when they took cricket. I don't think they've done a bad job with the cricket. Only thing I have an issue with with cricket is they hired Shane Warne. Yeah, he's not um, a good commentator. No, oh, he's an idiot. But yeah, when he, he actually he's exactly. I what do he like does. listening to his fielding positions and placement, but the fact that he repeats himself six times well, the over like yeah, once like, ball, I, like I said, I, I, he, he's in the same, same position for me as Andrew Johns. I'll listen to Andrew Johns um, about tactical placements about uh, as I'm saying all the small little subtle things in the game. I'll listen to Shane Warne for the same reason. But when he starts talking about how shit should be run, who should be picked, yada, 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 that's when I'm off him. Yeah. And every single year, he blows up about the fact that he wasn't captain in 1998 when Steve Wall was picked. And he blows up every single year. And you're like, mate, it's 25 years ago. Get over yourself. Well, how about we flip uh, over to a uh, 
awesome media story that I'm really looking forward to. And this is very American sport and I love it. And the fact that the NRL is looking to get a new, another partnership with News Corp for exclusive rights to broadcast each and every preseason contest in 2022. So this is still yet to be signed off as most of the news is at the moment. However, it's going to provide coverage of NRL through summer months where obviously nothing's going on. We know the NRLW season has been postponed to summer, which is going to be awesome. So instead of trying to overshadow it, they're trying to link it together. So there's been a suggestion that there's going to be a fortnightly warm-up stage throughout next February, which will see a marathon stretch of nine NRL and NRLW on a single day. So there's certain days, the first game could kick off at 1 p.m. and the last one kick off at 9 p.m. And that'd be a combination of NRLW matches as part of their season, as well as pre-season matches for the NRL clubs. So as it stands for next year, the pre-season schedule is February 18 to 28. So it's a 10-day period. And within that, each of the league's 16 teams would line up twice with all of those games broadcast. Um, that's, to me, especially if they can do it through something like KO Freebies and have it as a non-subscription-based service would be brilliant. I don't know how they would pull that off um, because the only money that would come from that would be sponsorship, I'd assume. And I reckon that would be hugely interesting for a lot of people, especially now uh, we've talked previously that there's a there was very limited opportunity for some of the young players from clubs this year to play. If they weren't in the Q Cup side, they didn't have the 20s comp and and the feeder comps and that sort of stuff. Um, the, the season wasn't as long as what I'm trying to say. They did have games that weren't as many. So getting looks at those sort of players. And I'd be interested to watch my team because if I'm a Queens, I'm in Queensland, but I'm a fan of a New South Wales club. I don't really get access to any of the pre-games um, when Manly's hosting a home game. So I didn't get to watch like the New South Wales Cup and the... 20s and all that yeah. sort of stuff whereas this would be a, a glimpse into that which could be really cool do you know if they say it correctly yes that i remember watching the pre-games um the pre-season games here the bucks party we went to in Warbury this year the broken foot oh yeah yeah we're watching was, them yeah we're watching them there and that was awesome because you, yeah like i said you did get to see a lot of fringe players one that's freaking me out how long how quickly the season's gone because that felt like yesterday Oh yeah, but um, oh shit, yeah. But I remember watching. There Ryan's was like been married four games. for a season. Yeah, four, 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 four games on a on the Saturday afternoon, and yes, it was really good because you could about doing what you wanted to do, but there was no no malice, and it. it was just fuck around. Like it was good to watch seeing the what the young players could do. I'm pretty sure that day, Dom Young, like Newcastle, smack got smacked yeah. by Melbourne, but Dom Young played all right. Yeah. Um, that's the first time I got seen. So yeah, it was. Rabbitohs put on a clinic. Yeah, it was. It, it was good to watch that because most of the time, and this is a massive problem we're having is over the years we've had to read the articles or just see the scores on the games. Yeah. And massive problem me and Adam have is we watch it and we have form our own opinions, and most of the time it's completely different from what the media says. Like we don't agree half the time with the media performance unless it's just stat-based article um oh, yeah that'd be so we had, 
yeah, so we we actually get to make the opinions, and everyone else does anyway. You can see where they're going, what kind of players that is, and all that kind of stuff. It's not just people going to the game. So I reckon it's an awesome initiative, yeah. and um, the fact that linking up with the NRL is even better. They need more care time. Hell yeah. Let's um let's move into some signing stuff. So Brad Arthur re-signs with the Eels through to the end of the 2024 season. Um, I hate that. Yeah, it's, uh, the CEO, Jim Sarantino, said the club had been discussions. The extension of Brad's contract moves the club's football program forwards. Pretty sure they finished lower on the table. It's all good. Um, they've assembled a strong roster, developed a number of players, represent quality and brought a series of Parramatta juniors through the NRL level. I, I don't that that, See, that's all... To me, that's all true, but... What... Isn't in our opinion, this roster is ready to take the next step, and it's been ready they to take the next step for years. the last three, four years, and they haven't. And every time they bring someone up, they lose someone, and they bring someone in, and they kind of just oh, be treading I'm water. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who have they developed? Like who's come through the Parramatta system? Like Reed Marnie's a Sunny Coast junior, he's Queenslander. Um, they could say they you know brought him up for the junior, the under twenties and stuff, but. He's like 21 right Dylan now. Brown? Dylan Brown? Who? Dylan Brown? Did I get his name wrong? Maybe. Maybe, but there's not like not that many that they've I'd actually I'd have to go through. I don't, I don't actually know. Who oh, I'm going to look at the, the squad. You do that. So I, I found that as a... Um, not, I, we're both all for one. We're no, both for giving coaches no. three years, Him four years to instill something. But when... There's no movement over that time period. Um, you've got to start to ask questions. And yes, he made massive inroads and, and strides early on. And then it's stayed stagnant for three seasons now, at least. That to me, that's a, a club going stale or a roster going stale or the coach not being able to get the best out of the players week in, week out. It's leading to the same performances week in, week out. So, so for this, I looked at their team uh, who played Pembroke in the last game. I would say, um, uh, sorry, Dylan Brown, Will Penasini, and Hayes Dunster. And Hayes Dunster wouldn't be in there if Sevo was playing. Will Smith, no. Isaiah Papali, no. Bryce Cartwright, no. Ryan. So, out of those three, out of those 17 in the last game, they had... And we're not even sure. Three players. That's, yeah, one well, that's a one-game sample, though. It's, how much I, of this I know, is... Right. We'll get, his, well, not we'll his, though, but saying the right eventually. thing. To me, it's uh, just an I, interesting I, one. I, I don't know. For, for, for me, I, I don't see them as a team who's just... talent for right and centre. Um, I haven't seen them produce an absolute superstar in a long time. I think the last one... Behind, <laughs> I don't think they've produced many. Oh, Gary, that in, in the game, maybe. But when they were strong, had about nine, ten juniors come through the system. So, so I, I, I think if they didn't play so well in the Newcastle and Pembroke game, they they actually showed a bit of heart. I think he wouldn't have a contract. 
contract. But on the other hand, I don't believe you should be handing out contracts where they only showed some kind of grit in two games. Yeah, I thought it was... Right, we'll see how it goes. Um, that may have been one of the things hanging over his head, or the club said. I don't know. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm not filled with confidence. Um, Craig Fitzgibbon may be signing um, Lockie Miller. So Lockie Miller is a rugby sevens player, Australian rugby sevens player, has been part of that system for quite a while. This would be a huge punt. Uh, I kind of love it. I love seeing signs like this where you don't really know what to expect. Uh, he said in the past that trying the NRL would be something he's dreamt of doing. He wanted to get a medal in Tokyo first. That obviously didn't eventuate. He played hooker, halves and fullback during his times in rugby league. And he looks as though he's going to be given the option or the opportunity at least to try out. Um, and he did play regularly up to the age of 22. He's now 27. So five years away from the game after longer playing it. And he's got fitness and skill wise and size wise. None of that's going to be an issue. It's just playing a different game uh, at the top level. So that could be really interesting to see where that goes. On a confirmed signings, uh, Cowboys have locked in the hammer, signing a deal to stay with the club through the end of the 2023 season. Now, I've got to eat some humble pie here. Jamal Fogarty has signed a three-year deal with the Canberra Raiders after the Titans released him from the final two years of his contract. Oh, I don't understand this one from the Titans' point of view. Well, I... I can't, I don't know. I kind of can if you, they want to give their Toby Sexton a chance. That's great. Um, who's the 5'8 going to be? Is it going to be Brimson, which means you put Jaden Campbell to fullback? Who's the dummy half going to be? Are you going to put Tyson Smoothie straight in there? That's yeah, a see, very inexperienced see, spine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're going to have, you're going to have Brimson, who's already confirmed he's a, Origin level fullback playing out of position, who's going to be learning his craft again. Uh-huh. You're going to have uh, Campbell, who yes, he's a superstar talent, but second year syndrome gets everybody. So watch that space on him. I I hope it doesn't, but a lot of players have been have suffered through that when they're when the NRL teams start figuring out what what you do and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um which, you know, everyone does. It's the elite players who can stand up to that and adapt their game to what they need to do. And then Toby Sexton, yeah, all the potential in the world. I, As a Titans fan, it'd be interesting to get Kieran's perspective on this. One, how good Sexton? And two, is there games when they're going to go, you know what, I could really use Jamal Fogarty's kicking game, kicking for goal and just all-round experience and calmness because, yes, he's a late bloomer, but he debuted at a time where he showed his maturity straight away. He just slotted in. And um, on the other hand, I reckon it's a great sign for Canberra. Yeah, I like it from Canberra's point of view. It um, brings Ricky everything Stewart they need. looking after him. But, yeah, I, I think for the times when it would be great for Toby Sexton's development to have a steady hand by his side and they look like they look pretty good when they played together last year um so i 
the choice that they've released him for two years means they've either got something else in the works um, that hasn't been leaked yet, or they're very confident with what they've already got um, in the club. I, to me, you, if, if Jamal Fogarty was available, to me, he makes a hell of a lot more sense to the Broncos than Adam Reynolds does. Oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, you're right. I just like, I love Adam Reynolds as a player. Him and Jamal Fogarty play a very similar controlled style. Um, Reynolds is slightly more expressive, but looking at the timelines for each club, the Broncos premiership timeline, if they, to me, want to do it properly and get back to their consistent winning ways, is three, four seasons away. And Reynolds is, what, 30, 31? He doesn't have four seasons worth. 32. Fogarty's, what, 27, 28, something like that? Yeah, I'll get him. To me, like, the, the, the difference is still there, obviously, between Reynolds and Fogarty. But the style so of be, game... Yeah, it'd be 32 next year, yeah. Fogarty? No, Reynolds. Oh, phew. Um, he would have been a hell of a lot cheaper. And it would have allowed him to spend money elsewhere. And to me, that just it just makes why not just go foggy instead of Reynolds? Reynolds to me, in his point of his career, he's should be chasing a premiership uh, rather than the money. And if he wants to win a premiership, money might be the deciding issue. I don't know. But yeah, so um I don't know. Fogarty's 28 this year. Oh yeah, so you get buying two extra, two extra seasons. The thing about it is, the next, the, the next question is, um, Fogarty's their captain for Gold Coast. Yeah. And Proctor's still playing, which was their previous captain. Fogarty took the captaincy off Proctor. And my hope to God is, well, uh, sorry, sorry, starting from the beginning, will they go back to Proctor as captain? Because my hope in all was holy that they do not give that captaincy to Fafida or Fasamawali. Because that's the last thing those blokes need in their flourishing career is to be saddled with the leadership of the whole, whole team. Yes. Um, because who, who, who else is there? Um, I, I, I don't know who else could be other than Proctor. Fodawaker. Oh. No. Um... Uh, okay, so Brimson, AJ Brimson, surely not, surely not. Uh, Jared Wallace, maybe. Oh, yeah, All right. I could live um, with Jared Wallace being captain. To be honest, yeah. I I wouldn't hate that. But the thing is, who's going to be vice captain when he goes off the field? Jared Wallace. Uh, Mark Nichols <laughs> will be at Redfern for at least the two, at least the next two more years after his contract has been extended. Uh, Warriors made the best transfer decision they've made in ages by releasing Kane Evans. Um, Manly have officially signed Ethan Bullimore, which is a Manly fan, good signing, good young player. Don't know where the hell he's going to play because props probably Manly's deepest position. I would be a fan of getting him to play on the edge and teaching him that position because he's got footwork, he's got speed, he's got strength and he can tackle. Uh, and that's where Manly is weakest no, with regards to depth. Signing you, this lost your favorite play, second favorite player too. To Dragons. Oh, Jack Koshevsky. Yeah. Uh, he signed there for a season. Yes. So Manly has let go of Curtis Sirinan, Moses Suli, Tavita Funo, Jack Koshevsky, and Zach Sadler. 
Um, is Tavita Furno? Is Tavita Furno who I think he is the guy in court? No. Uh, they've re-signed okay. George Defu and they re-signed Morgan that's, Boyle. So, so that's Matt Fanau. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I was looking at it as Manly fan going. So we've re-signed Tafu, who was there all season and not played because we've got Garrick and Saab and Morgan Boyle, who's a replacement-level prop, uh, but let go Sui. And I get Siren I get Sadler. I would have liked keep Sadler. Jack Ischewski, it's whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. I There's gaps in that squad that haven't been filled yet. Um, training Bullmore on the edge, I could see that being an option. And then having him in the rotation, I guess, with... Uh, oh, I, I don't mind it. Like, you got Olakatu, um, Josh Schuster. Well, in an ideal you- world, this is Schuster's last year in the second row. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, but that, that right now you've got that. Um, I, I'm not a fan. You should have kept steering in. Um, no, but you've got a few to, young he, players he's going. going to Super League. Yeah, I know, but you, you, you surely you got a few young players coming through for play on the edge. And I'm pretty sure it's still on the table that you're going to get Luke Garner. So I reckon that's yeah, awesome. that would be nice. Um, yeah, Finau's younger brother is a prop. He's very promising. Um, with, and then you got Aloi, you got Paseca, you've got Tapao still because he hasn't moved on. Um, they're pretty deep for prop. So Melbourne's farewell to 11 players. Um, you jump on zero tackle. It's the best way to have a look at what players your club has actually released. But in the way of signings, that's all the major ones. Um, and just to finish up with all our category news is retirements. And Benji Marshall... Decided to bow out after uh, the grand final, finishing a 19-year career in the game. He's had a very unique path through the NRL, um, resurrecting his career, what, twice at least. He's been given praise from all corners of the game, um, from Bennett, uh, Andrew Johns, Alan Langer, um, Brad Fittler, past and present players, teammates. He, he's done everything in the game, World Cups, um, Premiership. There's nothing else you can really say. Um, he, he changed the way that the game was played for a period of time with his free running, his playing off the cuff um, through the halves and then into his leadership, his partnerships and relationships and uh, chemistry you could build with teammates, him and Robbie Farah playing off each other was some of the best footy uh, you could see uh, in the world at that period of time. I, I remember so disliking him when he was um, young and when the Tigers won the 05 premiership because I was like going for the Cowboys, love watching the Cowboys play, even though I wasn't their fan. Um, I was like, damn, this Marshall kid keeps beating all the teams I like and you look back on it going, yeah, it's because he was freaking incredibly skilled and no, was you know, doing stuff do, that teenagers shouldn't be doing at that stage. Do you know what? Um, do you know what it was that he he was carefree. Um, so the older they got, the more responsibility got put on his shoulders. The and he adapted to it eventually, but there was that period where he really struggled. So. Going back to when he uh, 
lost his contract or what. I can't remember the story. At the Tigers, went to the Dragons and went to play Super League at Rugby Union in New Zealand. And he came back for tire for the Tigers, lost his contract there again, and went to South Sydney. I feel I like the Broncos when he did, in between that. Oh yeah, he went to he was at Broncos at one point as well. I feel like at one point. Like when he first started, you just saw him play and he had this no stress. He was this young fella. Um, yeah, he was going to high school. Then that weekend, he was playing in the NRL grand final. He had no responsibilities other than to go out there and play footy. And Tim Sheens, he credits a hell of a lot to when he was younger the fact that anything he'd done on a training paddock, he was allowed to do on the field. Which, to be honest, I would love to see the videotapes of those training sessions. That would have been awesome. Um, but the the thing I said about uh, uh, what was his name, Jaden Campbell earlier, was he came onto the came onto the bank. He was an absolute superstar. Won a grand final. Done an amazing play. And then teams started figuring him out. He got more stress and uh, you know more responsibility on the field. He was expected to do more because of his talent. And he, and he struggled with that. But you can't deny that. Um, but then the greatest thing about him is that he came out and he adapted to that change and became in, became that elite player. And he'll admit it, he had ups and downs throughout his career, but throughout his whole career, he always was very upfront with his motivations, his errors, all that kind of stuff. He was always upfront with everyone spoke to the media really well, will get a media career going forward. Um, and honestly, with all the adversity and the way he's triumphed over that adversity, it's just amazing kind of player he is and kind of person he is. And the NRL is going to lose a hell of a, play, hell of a person walking on the field. They're not going to lose him off the field for a long time, I hope. But going back to what I said about him having no pressure, he's the way he's played the game, he's kind of gone full circle. So he started, as I said, that 17-year-old with no real stress. He just walked go out there and played the game. And then this year at South Sydney, he's actually come onto the field when they've needed something and he's just played. He doesn't have to control the game. He just demands the ball when he wants it and does something. Um, it's actually a really like nice... Comp- yeah, it's a really nice comparison from when he started to when he finished. It's just a really good and... I think I said it last last podcast. Um, I honestly don't think South Sydney would have come close to that grand final without Benji Marshall there. So I'm going to miss oh, yeah. watching him play. And I assume uh, he's definitely going to feature heavily in our offseason with regards to our Hall of Fame and immortal debates. Do you have the rest of the list of the 2021 retirees? Because it is uh, one it's for the insane. ages, this retiring class. Yeah, so um, thousands of games. Um, so the full list here is Boyd Cordner, massive. Jake Friend, we all. So for the Roosters, they lost Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, Brett Morris, and Josh Morris. That's massive. Then you got Cam Smith from Melbourne, Blake Green from Newcastle, Michael Morgan, Kieran's favorite player, Anthony Don. Alex Glenn, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck is going to the Union. Will Hopper Wade is retiring. Justin O'Neill, Russell Packer, Josh Dugan, Isaac Luke, Blake Ferguson, Sia Soliola, Trent Merrin, Dale Copley, Jordan Kahu, Lisa Armour, 
Honey Harim Smiler from the um, – I'm pretty sure she's a Roosters women's player. And Sonny Bill Williams. Um, so you could make a pretty decent 17 out of that retiring class. In that prime, in their prime, this, this, is, this is a world-beating team. And also, James Maloney and Joel Thompson were retired from elite football after the Super League season's done. So that, that is a very elite team who's could cause a lot of havoc to a lot of different clubs there. And there's a lot of history with those players as well. I think the, with the Morris brothers retiring, that brings the brings an end to the era of players I remember watching in high school. I think that is still in the NRL, which is crazy to think I'm now 32. It's fucked. Two. That's yeah, 15 years. I was I was watching the interchange bench. And if anyone if anyone hasn't seen it, get on YouTube and watch the interchange bench. It's fantastic. They did a thing on Josh Morris when he retired. And when he debuted at 19, um, he was just this tiny little kid. He looked about 12 years old, but he, you're going to see the talent in him. Yeah, Everyone yeah, knew it. Like talent. Well, see, that's one of my favorite things. It was actually a comparison I like to So a couple of weeks ago, I had one of my partner's friends over, and I'm like, look at a player when they debut and look at a player when they're retired. The perfect example is Nathan Highmarsh. Um, if you see him where he's debuted and then he just gets massive because he goes to the gym for 15 years straight. That's all he does. Um, but then you look at the Morris twins. Yes, they're going a bit of muscle, but in the face, they've been playing the competition for, for that long. They look exactly the same. No stress. Yeah, just, and, and I know we spent a lot of time on them this year, but they are the players you just want to emulate throughout their whole career because they did, they did nothing wrong. They're the players you want at the Club. They're not going to cause issues, but they're going to give so much effort every single game. It's going to be high quality. Talking about full circle, we started this show talking about some young players making dumb decisions. Um, at the end of their careers, the NRL and the NRL clubs are mostly not going to want anything to do with them. They've served their purpose. Um, they, they played on the field when the club needed players, etc., etc. Benji Marshall, the Morris brothers, Cordner, Jake Friend, clubs are going to be clamoring for them to be involved. Uh, leadership, mentors, coaching, spokespeople, representatives. Um, that's a sign of a player who's held themselves and conducted themselves the right way through their career. They're and the sort see, of players that we yeah, want I'm, the youngsters using as role models. And, and that's a really good point because we always say that the 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 life cycle of NRL players, I'm pretty sure if you make the NRL, the average is like 12 minutes or something like that. Like no, it's two, yeah, two years. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, okay, whatever. The, that, the point is that the life cycle of an NRL player is massive, is small. And then we talk about players who are 28, 29, probably about to sign their last contract and go, you know what, I need to get squeezed the most out of my can to set me up for the rest of the life. Players like Jake Friend, Brett, uh, Boyd Cordner, Cam Smith, um, the Morris Twins, they didn't have to squeeze out the last... Oh, sorry, Jake Friend and Boyd Cordner have to retire for many reasons. But the, the Morris Twins didn't have to squeeze out the last of their... a uh, whole heap of money for their last contract because... 
they know they're set for life for what they've done in the last 10 years off the field, just as much on the field. And so, as Adam said, these players who are causing all kinds of issues are being silly earlier. Yes, the NRL players are enjoying a grand final win, but the harsh reality of it is that your NRL career is minuscule and it could end like clicking your fingers because of a severe injury. Look at Alex McKinnon, look at a lot of other players. One bag tackle and you're done. But if you are a good person on and off the field, don't cause waves, all that kind of stuff, you're set for the rest of your life in the NRL because they'll look after you. They'll want you to stay on board so you can be involved in the game. Love it. I think um, we, we did talk about we we're going to do our grades and stuff. I reckon we'll save that for our next episode. So we'll finish on that positive. And I think uh, we'll bring back Kieran's favourite player, I think. And how about we title this one, Is Don Is Good? Love I it. like that. Love it. We will yeah. talk to you guys uh, next week. Uh, promise we'll do our season reviews. We'll do, we might as well do all eight then. And hopefully we have confirmation of a expansion team, um, who that is. And we'll put together probably our roster that we would select um, individually and see if we come up with any of the same players and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm over stoked because the ice hockey season, NHL, uh, starts off tomorrow morning. I'm very excited about that. My White Sox team's still in the baseball playoffs, albeit by one game. And um, what else is going on? Nothing much. Formula One. I've got heaps to keep me going. But we <laughs> will record again next Monday night. We'll come to you guys Tuesday morning. Until then, um, stay safe. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.